Welcome to Off Screen, your seven-day guide to everything cinematic in your living room. I'm Van Connor, and I'm Bex Perfect. Boom. So, Miss Perfect, another week's another another week, another round of, of filmic fun. So, what have we got on the docket for this week? Well, we've got a, we've got a, a triumphant trilogy of movies, could we say, um, that are coming to um, video on demand thanks to Warner Brothers now doing a massive drop in one big foul swoop, um, which we're going to talk about all three as we go through this uh, first section. So we're going to kick off with, um, you've probably seen his name banded around, you've probably seen me shout it from the rooftops because he's such a good actor and yes, come on Oscar nomination, you are well deserved please happen. Um, this is um, Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya's next offering, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, this is directed by Shaka King, um, produced via Shaka King and also Ryan Coogler as well and starring, as we mentioned, Ryan, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, um, Lakeith Stanfield and Dominique uh, Fishback. And do you know what? This this is the story. It's based on the true story of um, a plea deal which has been offered by the FBI in which a guy called William O'Neill infiltrates mm. the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party to gather intelligence on the 21-year-old chairman, Fred Hampton. Let me ask y'all something. If this building caught fire right now, what would y'all worry about, huh? Water and escape. If somebody would ask you, what's your culture during this fire, brother? Water. That's my culture. Well, how about your politics? Water and escape. Well, guess what? America's on fire right now. And until that fire is extinguished, don't nothing else mean a goddamn thing. So I've got three things to say about this movie. Mm-hmm. Number one, I was shocked at the end of the movie when it said that um, that Fred Hampton was only 21 when this happened. Like he is beyond his years um, as, oh, yeah. a, as, as this kind of head of um, the Black Panthers. Number two. I felt that the performances were stronger than the narrative and um, I I struggled quite a lot with the pace of this and and where it was leading. It was almost predictable of what was going to happen, but wasn't engaging enough to keep me uh, entertained throughout. But that's probably why this is soaring through um, awards in terms of the actors. And then thirdly, I really struggled with the accents. It was very, very thick and I found it quite hard to hear through some of mm. them. Um, so just as a word of warning for anyone that's struggling, it wasn't just me, my hubby was feeling the same thing as well as he was watching this with me. It was just a bit like Daniel Kaluuya transforms into Fred Hampton, but you heard it from that clip. Like it's a very specific accent that he's got going on there. And when he's speaking in that pace and that quickly, it, you struggle to hear exactly what he says half the time. It's uncompromising, you might say. Yeah, I would. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I, uh, I think, I think the uh, <clears throat> the voice. I, I loved the uh, the voice that uh, Kaloya had in this. I thought it was. I think he does that quite well. It was very reminiscent of his turn in Widows, for me. Yeah. But also, to a lesser extent, Queer Queen and Slim. Um, I think uh, Kaloya is going to get the bulk of the attention for this, but I, I think it's unfair to Lakeith Stanfield in that regard because I think he's very, very good. I think it's interesting that Lakeith Stanfield's giving as good as he always does, but that doesn't quite seem as impressive when it's directly next to Daniel Kaluuya. That's because Daniel Kaluuya... Which is very interesting. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya's got a bit more of a showboating character. 
Mm. And that's the difference. So it I think so. Yeah. There, there is that. But I, I feel like even Lakeith Stanfield just can't seem to inject enough innate charisma into that. And I don't know if that's just how charismatic that, uh, that, put, that persona actually just is. But I think, like you say, I think you've hit the nail on the head, to be fair there. So uh, two thumbs up from you, two thumbs down. What are you really giving it? Yeah, do you know what? Like, it is uncanny to see the real William O'Neill and then Lakeith Stanfield next to it. I think that the, they do show those kind of footages. And for me, I think I give it one and I give it as a film one and a half, but I would give Daniel Kaluuya all the praise uh, for his role in this. So, yeah, it, 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 hmm. it's, it's an interesting, you know, again, it's a learner, it's an, edu- it's an edutaining movie. It educates and slightly entertains you. Right, okay. Have you, I don't know if you've seen uh, the next one that Warner Brothers are putting out this week, The Little Things. Have you had the pleasure of this yeah. one yet? Yes, I have, yeah. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. You didn't, I don't think. Decidedly not, no. So this is the latest thing from John, from John Lee Hancock, uh, who gave us Saving Mr. Banks a few mm. years ago, which I was, I was a big fan of. Yeah. And uh, was he behind... He wasn't behind Rowan J. Israel Esquire as well. I'm not oh, sure. Geez, is that what I've been thinking about recently? But, so this stars not one, not two, but three Oscar winners. So Denzel's in there. You've got Jared Leto in there. So Jared Leto, Jared Leto. No one ever seems to agree on this. And uh, Rami Malek. And Rami Malek, of course, this is his first big project on the back of his win for Bohemian Rhapsody. So there's some expectation on this. The idea is that uh, Denzel is the small town cop who's had the burnout. He's had his sort of middle aged burnout. He's now going into his twilight years. He's supposed to be winding down into retirement. Uh, however, he goes back to uh, LA to his old position where he had his burnout to begin with, when a series of murders seems to suggest that the big case he never solved is back. Mm-hmm. And the killer from yesteryear, who nearly cost who cost him his marriage, his family, his career, etc., may in fact have returned, and he suspects it's Jared Leto, teaming up with a new hotshot cop, played by Rami Malek, who has no time for him to take down Jared Leto. Uh-oh. Oh, hey, stranger. Tired of steaming up that glass. Prezzies. Oh, yeah. This is the part where I start feeling like it's a trap. Open it up, I know. It's not a pair of mittens. With this, I did enjoy it, but I am intrigued mm. to see why you didn't. Right. Uh, first of all, there's something so basic about this now. Like, this this wouldn't even rank as one of the better seasons of True Detective. Like, the, the Vince Vaughn season of True Detective is legit better than this. It just feels like such a by-the-numbers procedural waste of time. It, the word that leaps to mind is lackluster more than mm. anything. Mm. It's, it's not even that I think it's especially bad. It's I think that it's so rote at this stage. Everything about it, I mean, apparently the project dates back to the mid-90s. Like, John Lee Hancock was, was trying to get this made in the 90s. And that's kind of where I feel it would have been best received. Like, if you'd released this in 1991, you know, and you still could have starred Denzel, maybe the younger cop in that case. If they starred Denzel and, and let's just say, you know, Nick Nolte or Robert Duvall or someone like that, and it was released in 1991, you'd remember it as, eh, perfectly fine. 
you wouldn't remember it as anything anything particularly special. However, you watch this now, and it feels like someone chucked money at Philip Noyce to get him to remake Seven. I mean, the, the, the last sort of 20 minutes of this genuinely feels like you've got three best actor winners stood around in a desert cosplaying the ending from Seven without any of them having ever actually seen the film for themselves and relying entirely on the Wikipedia synopsis of its plot. Do you know what? I think I think you've hit the nail on the head as to why I do like it. It's because I feel like it's one of those movies that I think I would have watched in the 90s, and that's kind of what appeals to me. Um, it is, hmm. it, it, like, I'm not saying that this is groundbreaking in any way, shape, or form. It's not. But I was engaged. It's perfectly interesting enough to keep me occupied. You kind of know where you're going with the whole Jared Leto thing. But then there are a few twists and turns and surprises throughout. I think that's my issue. It's basically a whodunit that says, we think it's this one guy and no one else. Who is it? Yeah. It's this one guy, man. It's just it's kind of... And, th- and this is not a big reveal. Like, the film makes no bones about, like, like the marketing makes... The marketing is just, just dude's the killer. <laughs> I'm like, why, why have you made this film? But why have you made that, this apparent mystery film? But doesn't that make you think, why are they going down the garden path with this? Where's mm. where's the twist? And, yeah. you know, and that's the thing that I quite liked about it. Sometimes, the is there is no twist. <laughs> yeah, well, mm, yeah. Well, let, let's, let's, look, let's leave it up to you guys to make your mind up. So, interestingly mm. with this, it was originally supposed to come out on Amazon Prime. And there was all this, hmm. this hoo-ha of like influencers getting like special dinners and stuff sent to them from the studios about this coming out on Amazon Prime. Then it never went on Amazon Prime. So now it's Hang on, let's months. be honest though, this has been this has been a pain in our collective asses as film critics for years, and it is not a new thing whatsoever. So it's just the latest iteration. Let it be. This is just how the industry works. We all know the industry is run entirely on puff pieces and who likes who and who did you who did they go out for a beer with last? We all know this. That's how it works. Ultimately, nobody cares about anything but YouTube hits. It's fine. Anyway, speaking of things that are, you know, worth getting annoyed about. Oh, sorry, we need to rate other little things. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just was, uh, just wanted to make the point that I was surprised that it didn't land on Amazon Prime so you can get it for free. Um, (laughs) Well, didn't the US? It went to HBO Max, didn't it? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, if you were paying money for this beyond Hmm. your subscription i don't think it's worth it but if you were getting it part of amazon prime as originally intended it might have been worth it oh total made for streaming film isn't it even though it's clearly been made as a hollywood film and the budget on it is like ludicrous and it's not like 90 million or something and you're like how 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 much does it cost to cater for Jared Leto that you spent that on this? It makes no sense. Having said that, it's a handsome-looking film. I'll give it that. It is. It handsome is, it look. Is. I will give it one and a half thumbs because it's mm. perfectly fine. It doesn't do anything offensive. Um, it's fine. I just wish no. we didn't have to pay through the nose for it. <laughs> One one thumb from one thumb for me, I think. But okay, here's here's something, and just I'm gonna tell you in advance: no thumbs, no thumbs whatsoever. <laughs> uh, because I would rather, in, in all honesty, you know I'd what? rather you know, hack. Hang on, you know that thing you just said where they say they say here's the killer, and they're marketing yeah. it. You've just done that with this movie. Right, no, 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 because I don't want to give this any more fanfare than it deserves. Yeah. I am just gonna say that I would rather hack both of my thumbs off than oh, have to God. relive the experience of watching this again. So the movie is called Lockdown. 
Right, uh, L-O-C-K-E-D, Locked Down, starring Chiwetel Ejiofor and Anne Hathaway. This follows a run of spectacularly terrible films for Anne Hathaway, which, as you pointed out in our pre-recording uh, chat, includes things like The Hustle, and what was the other one you mentioned that was spectacular? Oh, um, Serenity. Serenity, that was it, yes, with McConaughey. Yes, that was that was rather awful as well. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to think that she might have just been awful in Ocean's 8 as well, and we just didn't notice. But... So this is just how we're going now. So this is the, the latest thing for, for Anne Hathaway to try and ruin. They are a couple who have been locked down in COVID in London together. They have broken up at some point during this lockdown. And she works for Harrod. He's been uh, furloughed and gets a job as a courier. And their paths intersect when the job of effectively packing away Harrods for the remainder of lockdown falls to Anne Hathaway's team and Chiwetel Ejiofor is placed in the position of having to handle a priceless gem that she can potentially provide him with clues and all the information he would need to effortlessly walk away with into the sunset. Since lockdown, I'm looking back at myself like that was then and this is now. Yeah. The who told me to fire those people, they are bad. You and I are good. Good is better than bad. You're talking about stealing a diamond. Three million pounds. Live wild or die, Linda. And I'm feeling good. So the gimmick is all that it was made, written, financed, filmed, you know, edited and everything during, you know, during COVID, uh, done by remote. It's all been filmed with proper COVID safety. And you can see it in the film that it's, it's plot relevant, so you make a big deal of it. Fair enough. Um, apparently it was written by Stephen Knight, who wrote Locke. Uh, it was written by yeah. Stephen Knight. Yeah. Uh, it was written on a dare, apparently. Uh, back in July last year. And, uh, yeah, it has all the the narrative integrity of something written on a dare. I will say that about it. I was never entertained. I was never interested. I was bored out of my mind. I just thought it was an absolutely turgid waste of my time. It was about as, about as enjoyable as going through actual an, an actual lockdown again. And I say that having not really come out of the last one yet. I will, I will say it achieves the minor distinction of being the only thing that's come close to that celebrity singing John Lennon's Imagine video as the worst product of COVID-19. <laughs> I know you Which love that. You'd, yeah, you'd think that would be impossible to achieve, but it turns <laughs> out it's easy if you try. Oh my goodness. Okay, I've like zero thumbs. You've, you've set out your stool there. Um, that's a trio of movies that we've brought for you from Warner Brothers, um, dropped on video on demand as of this week. So you've got Judas and the Black Messiah there, which we're saying, yeah, give it a whirl. Watch this potentially Academy Award winning performance from uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, we've then got The Little Things, both Van and I. Slightly different um, sides of the fence on this one. Um, I didn't mind it as much as Van did. Uh, worth a watch, would be better if you didn't have to pay for it. And then one to avoid at all costs is a reminder of just how bad lockdown can get is, of course, lockdown. We'll be back with some more movies on TV. Welcome back to Off Screen. We are keeping you on your couch with more movies, this time available on Freeview, so you can watch it in the pleasure of your own time and at your own home, um, as we'd expect during lockdown. Because yes, here in the UK, if you are listening in from across the pond, we are still very much not allowed to leave our homes. But don't worry, because we've got some great selections for you here, which um, if you want to just revisit it, because you're a friend from across the pond, you can obviously get 
get find some sort of streaming service in which to watch this. But if you're here in the UK, turn on on sun, uh, Saturday night on BBC Two at 11.30 p.m. because we've got for you Whiplash. Why do you suppose I just hurled a chair at your head, Neiman? I, I don't know. Sure you do. The tempo? Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. Start counting. Five, six, seven. In four, five. damn it! Look at me! One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? I don't know. Count again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference! Oh, oh my goodness, this film is so great. You know, if ever you were going to say Damien Chazelle is a wonder kid when it comes to directing movies, yes, you see absolutely why this is from this movie alone. Hmm. This originally was a short and then developed into a feature-length movie, which I think is brilliant. It won the Oscar for the brilliant J.K. Simmons as well. And also, you know, it probably is one of Miles Teller's, I know you're not a massive fan, Van, but it is one of his best performances as well. I will say, first of all, I do think this is far and away Miles Teller's best performance. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree with that. I will also say I'm a very, very big fan of Whiplash. I think Whiplash is a terrific movie. How can I not be completely supportive of a film in which the brilliant J.K. Simmons, deservedly winning an Academy Award, how can I not support a movie in which the brilliant J.K. Simmons spends two hours torturing and abusing Miles Teller on my behalf. <laughs> I, 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 do you know what? It, it was worth giving him the Oscar just for that in my books. Just to see him absolutely destroy Miles Teller for two entire hours to the extent that Miles Teller couldn't even get enthused about dating Supergirl and having Paul Reiser as his dad. Imagine being so broken that you couldn't enjoy those things. Hats off to you, J.K. Simmons. Love this movie. Yeah, so for anyone who's unsure as to what we're talking about, um, the premise of the movie, <laughs> we should probably <laughs> is... Um, it's not um, a rom-com. No, it's not a rom-com. Um, uh, Miles Teller plays Andrew, who enrolls in essentially a music conservatoire to become a it's drummer. Julia. It might be Juilliard. Juilliard or something like that. It is something like that. I can't remember if it's specifically Juilliard. Mm. But he is mentored by the um, by a guy called Terence Fletcher, who is who terrifies all students because it's psychotic, he's, isn't he? His unconventional teaching skills um, yeah. and training methods. And this basically is how, obviously, Andrew is desperate to become one of the greats, and this mm. is how Terence pushes the boundaries between what makes you great and what is actually a plausible way of teaching someone. And it is just an absolutely amazing piece of cinema because, you know, we all know with Damien Chazelle, his love mm. of jazz, and that plays through, you know, into La La Land and other movies that he's done. Well, what? This, is, this has been a, a, a topic of much discussion in relation to Chazelle over the last few years because he also did La La Land as well. Yeah. And there is this discussion of is Damien Chazelle, you know, is he attempting to sort of appropriate uh, jazz culture, for instance? There is there is that discussion going on because Whiplash and then uh, La La Land straight after. There is a narrative there, I suppose, if you want to push it. But I suppose it's it, it makes as much sense as the discussion about, you know, uh, 
Quentin Tarantino trying to appropriate certain elements of uh, of black culture. But, you know, it's, it's one of those discussions you can either have or you can't. The thing that I don't think the film gets any credit for, that it absolutely deserves, is this was an exploration of toxic relationships. Yeah. Of a toxic, of a toxic relationship at, at the exact point when we were only just starting in the mainstream media to actively, you know, address these topics, which obviously has culminated in a head, you know, in a head this past week with the whole royal interview thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, we could talk about this movie for days because there are so many great mm. things about this. One thing I will say on the whole jazz thing. Layers. Yeah, there are layers. It's like a giant onion. Um, is, is that... Um, you know, there was a lot of question as to whether or not Damien Chazelle could actually make a movie that doesn't feature jazz and whether or not that will go down. <laughs> um, so he went to space. Yeah, he did. And that was okay, but probably not as groundbreaking as the rest. Anyway, so that, please do watch it. It is on late on BBC Two at 11.30pm on Saturday, so maybe press that record button. But it is brilliant um, and well worth mm. watching again and again and again. As is our next movie, which is totally different. Um, this is on Sunday um, on Channel 5. This is a Mother's Day movie uh, for you, but in a, in a quirky different way. Um, Legally Blonde on Channel 5 at 1.10pm, um, so perfect for the afternoon. This is, I just love this movie. I mean, Van, I'd like you to take us through this movie because you are not the direct target audience for this. Um, Believe it or not, I quite enjoyed it. I've only ever seen Legally Blonde once in about 2003, I think it was, uh, on television. And I rather enjoyed it. I did. I was uh, heartbroken to see, uh, you know, Linda Cardellini get taken down towards the the end of it. But, uh, you know, I I, I very much adore Linda Cardellini and her perm. But uh, anyway, beside the point... um, I believe Reese Witherspoon is Elle Woods, who is sort of a vacuous Barbie-type society girl. This was around the Paris Hilton kind of time, uh, who, in order to, I think, try and win back her boyfriend, who's decided he's more into brains than beauty and has left her for Selma Blair, um, she decides to get into Harvard to basically show him that she's not the airhead that he thinks she is, only to then become like an idiot savant of legal law and to take on a murder trial, I believe? Something to do with this clip, which I think is when she just gets into Harvard. A warner. Do you remember when we spent those four amazing hours in the hot tub after winter formal? Yeah, no. <clears throat> This is so much better than that. Excuse me, I have some shopping to do. Four hours. Oh, this is this is so funny. You know what? This has stood the test of time. Okay, so obviously it's Legally Blonde two. Um, there's mm. a musical. That's, that's there's a third one coming. Reese yeah. Witherspoon has been talking a lot lately about a third one coming. Yeah, and you know what? This fits straight into your kind of iconic movies such as Clueless, Mean Girls, this kind of era of uh, uh, and feel, look and feel of a movie. And it just resonates a lot. With, there's, there's a lot of stuff going around on, on Instagram reels and TikTok of, um, and this is how you do the bend 
and snatch. And the pen and snatch. And so loads of people are doing that. So it still holds up, you know, almost 20 years later. Um, in fact, it is 20 years later. But you know what? This is a nice, easy watch. Perfect afternoon movie. Don't take it too seriously. See how brilliant Reese Witherspoon is at every single role that she plays. And this is something that she's made truly iconic. And I think she even has all of the outfits she's kept and has archived them. <laughs> so much, which I love. For the record, I'm very up for a th- I've now. I think I've seen the second one. I don't really remember it very well, but I think I have seen it. I would be up for a third one that effectively yeah. served as a sort of, you know, Elle Woods in her 40s kind of a thing. Because Reese Witherspoon in her actual 40s seems to be exactly the same as she was in her 20s. So, you know, she doesn't seem to have uh, changed a thing. What I wouldn't want to see is what we're seeing at the moment with, and I know you hated coming to America, and I know... Oh, yes. Yeah, and... The, and also like Bill and Ted face the music is they're just pulling these characters back and not giving it a strong enough narrative because all we want to do, what they think that all we want to see is just the same characters playing the roles again without the substance I, and that doesn't work so this has to have a strong a strong mm. legally blonde narrative to it I think you'd find if there's a third one in development Reese Witherspoon just being Reese Witherspoon the kind of hands-on creative type that she is I think you'll find that there was a, a serious um, you know edutainment bent yeah. to the narrative of it I think you would find it looking at things like feminist issues and addressing issues like Me Too and things like that I think you would find that it did have I think in the same way that The Morning Show did I think you'd be yeah. looking at very pointed topical content if Reese Witherspoon's involved especially yeah. that seems to be the one thing about her that seems to have increased as she's gotten older it does seem to be about her activism anyway let's talk about something infinitely less mature which is our, <laughs> our pick for Monday uh, I forget what time it's on film for 9pm Monday okay I love this movie this is Lee Wanell directing this is basically what would happen if Lee Wanell got to remake Robocop it yeah. stars Logan Marshall Green it's Upgrade he is the you know, the sort of sexy rogue mechanic type who's in a car accident that kills his, you know, high society tech industry wife slash girlfriend, I forget, and leaves him paralyzed. He is then given the chance, using an experimental nanotechnology, to walk again, which of course he takes, only to then discover that the experimental nanotechnology is called STEM and is in fact an artificial intelligence that can take over his body if he only allows it to. And when he discovers that that uh, STEM also enables him, you know, access to, you know, basically every digital record on the planet, and he can investigate the not entirely accidental seeming death of his wife, that he can put STEM to use, taking out his re- his, his rage and, ven- and pursuing his vengeance. Tell me where they are. <laughs> STEM. What do I do? Use the knife. I, uh... I I can't do it. I can do it for you. You don't even have to look. Okay, do it. I have my permission. Who are you talking to? Crazy. No! I love this movie. Apparently there's a sequel TV show being made that's going to be like just set in the world and for the evolution of the tech. Can't wait. Love this film. I think uh, it, it, it's just badass. I mean, I like Lee Wanell's work anyway because I'm a Saw diehard. You know, I'm a big big fan of the Saw franchise and yeah. even the uh, Insidious movies. I met the guy at uh, one of the press, like a seance they had. They had an actual 
seance they invited press to for uh, I think it might have been Insidious Chapter 9 or something but uh, Lee Whannell, good chat had a good laugh with him and uh, I think his work here is, is brilliant and this is, what's, this is what then got him the job to do uh, The Invisible Man which has then in turn got him the job to do, which one is he doing next? Is it like Frankenstein next? Oh, or The Wolfman? Or Dracula? What's he doing Wolfman next? With like Ryan Gosling and stuff so yeah. Yeah, Wolfman with Ryan Gosling you're like okay, power to him, this is like his second wind, fair enough um, I think this is a great movie, I think if you've not seen this, if you're a fan of Robocop like the original Paul Verhoeven Robocop and you want to see what an actual 21st century equivalent would look like you know, it doesn't have the satire sadly, but the actual plot wise what it's equivalent would look like watch this, and it's really well done, there's some incredible camera work that they used to like flip the camera around things like that, the, the action sequences are just extraordinary in it yeah, um Check this out. I'm, I'm going I'm to watch it again. That's how excited it's made me just talking about it. So upgrade film for 9 p.m. on Monday night. Check that out. And now it's time for a segment we like to call Off Screen Pays the Bills. Hey, Bex. Oh, hey, Van. What's going down? Ain't nothing going down but the rent. You know how it is. <laughs> you know what? It's been one of those weeks where I've just loved carrying on speaking to our amazing amazing listeners via the stereo app we're essentially having like a live after party to our podcast every monday wednesday and friday at 5 p.m uk time because we're able to bring you guys the biggest movie news each and every wednesday at monday wednesday friday and you know what's great about it is that not only is it us talking but our amazing listeners can then come in and ask questions as we're doing those live sessions how cool is that it is, and even better than that are the not amazing listeners who are at least fun. They say it's good fun, we get to go through the news for, for those days, and it's, it's just kind of started as an afterpipe that's then turned into a three-day-a-week thing, so like 5pm GMT on the stereo app, and it's our little animated heads. As we interact, as we do, it's a nice little, like a virtual stage show, except yeah. we appear as floating cartoon heads. I'm a big fan. Uh, it's free to get on there, just get the free app out of the uh, the Google Play Store, the, uh, the App Store if you're on an Apple device. Sign up. We are uh, at Van Connor and at Bex Perfect. And say 5 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're on there. I think it's hashtag off screen. Yeah. It's a good time. Come along. You can you can give us your questions and your thoughts and, and, yeah. and, and opinions as well. Absolutely. You know, what we do is we debate the top three stories of the day. So it's really relevant. It's a nice little continuation for, and this is why we like to call it kind of the after party after the off screen podcast is because it takes what we do on off screen and just gives you even more. So hopefully you guys will want to join us live. Um, you know, this is something that I think will work out really well for you guys. It's called the Stereo app. You can join us for our live after party. I love calling it that. I just think it's so much fun every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And you can download it at stereo.com forward slash off screen. And you'll find us at Van Connor at that's perfect. Looking to stay in the loop with the latest movie news? Then say hello to The Daily Reel, your bite-sized hit of the biggest happenings, hirings, firings, release dates, scandals, and everything else going on behind the silver screen. Delivered to your ears every weekday morning in less time than you'll spend in the shower. Subscribe to The Daily Reel on all major podcast platforms or ask Alexa to install The Daily Reel skill for your morning flash briefing. Make your morning cinematic with The Daily Reel. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Off Screen. We are keeping you on the couch because we've got even more top telly to see your week through. And we're kicking off this second batch of movies on TV with, well, I, actually, I haven't seen this film, um, but and I've just had a very peculiar look from Van as I've said that. Um, it is John Carpenter's Vampires, which is on the Horror Channel at 9pm. I'm probably going to have to sort that out pretty quick aren't i van you are i mean don't get it wrong it's crap but it's fun crap you know i mean it's on the horror channel i mean what do you what do you kind of expect the horror channel does not exactly show highbrow content they tend to show your lovable trash by the way and this is something we've never we never really mentioned but um if if there is a film that we we talk about on freeview and you want to know where it's streaming because it's surprising how many people don't know this exists if you go to justwatch.com or they have a free app, and I think it's on Android and it's on iPhone as well. And what you do is you just type in any film, and it tells you where you could find that film. It's geo, it, so it traces your location as well to like to which country you're in. So it's geofence. So like if you're in the UK, it'll find it on UK platforms for you. And if you're, uh, you know, if you're American but American based, you can find it on US platforms. It doesn't ask you to input or anything; it just detects it for you. Um, so you can type in, for instance, John Carpenter's Vampires, and it will tell you what streaming platforms it's on. Money on it being Shudder with this one, um, which is a 1998, which doesn't bode well, because everyone knows that John Carpenter just gets worse as he gets older for some reason. Um, but this was John Carpenter's 1998 romp, starring James Woods <clears throat> James Woods and Daniel Baldwin. So this aged really, really well. James Woods <laughs> is Jack Crow, the leader of a team of Vatican-sponsored vampire hunters who wears the coolest... Yeah, the coolest leather jacket you've ever done seen. I tell you, I mean, I, I still want this jacket today. It is immaculately cut, this box leather jacket he has. Um, he, he leads the team of New Mexico vampire hunters, which also includes Bobby from Sons of Anarchy and, uh, and a bunch of like, other that guy from that thing type faces that you'll recognize. By day, they break into like what look like derelict houses that are also vampire nests, and they drag them all outside one by one and ignite them. And they are then set upon one day by, I believe his name is Valak, an ancient vampire who has returned and seeks the Black Cross, I think it's called, that will enable him to imbue all vampires with the abilities of daywalking. And only Jack Crow, the last surviving vampire slayer, can possibly stop him. Uh, here's James Woods in his very eloquent way explaining the rules of vampires to a newly graduated priest. Have you ever seen a vampire? No. Well, first of all, they're not romantic, all right? It's not like they're a bunch of f***ers hopping around in rented formal wear and seducing everybody in sight with cheesy Euro-trash accents, all right? Forget whatever you've seen in the movies. They don't turn into bats. Crosses don't work. Garlic? You want to try garlic? You stand there with garlic around your neck. Why don't you bend you over and take a walk up your strata chocolata while he's sucking the blood out of your neck, all right? They don't sleep in coffins lined in taffeta. You want to kill one? You drive a wooden stake right through his Heart. Sunlight turns them into crispy critters. I feel like the next line should be buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. Like, it feels like something like that. I love that accent. Brilliant. <laughs> It's a shame, isn't it, that James Woods turned out to be, like, the world's worst person? Because I do miss his presence as an actor. Like, when you see something like, is it White House Down, where he's the, the, the Secret Service guy who's actually the villain? 
I can't remember. Is, is, yeah, is I can't. The one? I think it might be White House. It's either White House Down or Olympus Has Fallen. It's very easy to mix the two up. But it's one of those where, like, as soon as it's revealed, like, a third of the way into that film that he's actually the villain, you're like, of course he's the villain. Yeah. He's James Woods. It yeah. was more of a twist that he was playing a good guy. Uh, yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so, um, it's just one of those things. Daniel Baldwin's in this as well. So, like, the Baldwin. I believe it's Daniel Baldwin, yeah. The, he, yeah. he was the one who was always on the heavy side, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, look, that's a good one. Um, that's that's kicking off your Tuesday night. Um, uh, Horror Channel, 9pm, John Carpenter's Vampires. What a way to, to see in a Tuesday with some trashy vampires. Love it. Um, kicking off your Wednesday. Um, oh, I love this film. Film 4, 9pm, Misery is on. I've, I've got a smile on my face when I'm talking about the film Misery. It's brilliant. I mean, didn't this, I mean, this won an Oscar, didn't it? So I think yeah. we went from trash horror to Oscar-winning horror in, in, yeah. in the space of 24 hours. Yeah, uh, Kathy Bates won it, playing Annie Wilkes in this. She won Best Actress in a Leading Role at the Oscars that year. I mean, this is the 1990 film, which is based on the best-selling... No- um, this is based uh, around the story um, by Stephen King about a best-selling novelist who's on his way home after completing his book. And the best-selling novice is obviously played by James Kahn. And he meets, uh, he basically has a car accident and then is rescued by an obsessed fan and then becomes her prisoner. I mean, this is the stuff of nightmares. This is the, um, this is the most brilliant, like, and it's all set in the snow and it's cold and it's bleak and it's, oh, it's just so brilliant. And, you know, every time I see like Kathy Bates pop up on American Horror Story or something like that, I'm always like, yes, it's, it's misery. Here we go. <laughs> it is the definitive uh, Kathy Bates role, isn't it? Yeah. In the same way that Anthony Hopkins will always and forever be associated with that's yeah. Hannibal Lecter, yeah. Kathy Bates is, uh, you know, the character of Miss She's Annie Wilkes. Uh, so much so that I think Lizzie Kaplan played her in uh, Castle Rock, I think it is, uh, the Stephen King shared universe TV show. Yeah. And it just seems weird to me that, you, that anybody could play that character again. It's in the same way that Sarah Paulson played. Uh, Nurse Ratchet just seems weird to me because why would you attempt to do it? Please forgive my mum's chihuahua uh, going nuts at the, at, uh, I think there's someone on the garden, but yeah. uh, uh, Fair yeah. enough, couldn't hear a thing, but you know what great performance from James Kahn as well in this, you know Lauren Bacall Oh, Jimmy Kahn. Jimmy Kahn is brilliant um, Lauren McCall, uh, Bacall is in this as well you know, this, yep. is, this is your movie that, you know it, it's that hit, it's that sleeper hit that, that essentially just it snowballed towards award season and you just knew mm. that it's got something really special about it. Am I right in thinking Rob Reiner directed this, I think? Because yes. I think this, I think he directed this after when Harry met Sally, which might be the weirdest <laughs> transition pivot, the weirdest career pivot that I've ever seen. Oh, you couldn't get more different. Uh, but it's, oh, it's so great. If you haven't watched it, if you're a horror fan, this is, you know, this is, it's a weird one. Like, we do say it's a horror, but actually it's mm. a thriller at the same time. It's it's a two-hander. It's so strange. There was a, a very interesting article I read recently. I forget which publication. It might be Vice or someone like that. Uh, wrote an article about how misery predicted uh, fan, fandom culture in the, uh, in the 2010s. Yeah, I can see that. And you look at, for instance, how the fan base behaved in the Star Wars universe around The Last Jedi and things like that, and how they effectively browbeat a studio into pivoting into 
Rise of Skywalker or the Snyder Cut, to use a more recent example, yeah. the Justice League, the Snyder Cut, and you look at Misery now and it seems almost prescient. So I would heavily advise revisiting, even if, you, if you've seen Misery already, you know it's great and you want to revisit it. If you've yeah. not seen it, check Misery out. It is a stone cold classic. It is. Well, and I've just got all those, like, I've got the vision of the typewriter and, and the car accident. <laughs> uh, everything just comes flooding back for that. Oh, it's such yeah. a great film. Um, right, next up, we've got um, to see in your Thursday, we have on ITV4 at 10 p.m., Step Brothers. I know you, you're, um, we've talked about this recently. Yeah. I mean, what what is there to say on Step Brothers? First of all, the the genius of Step Brothers is how simple it is. Yeah. Right. So simple concept, awkward Step Brothers. You know, new Step Brothers. So you know, couple couple get married. They've got adult sons who both live at home. One is Will Ferrell. One is John C. Riley. They start out as enemies. They instantly become friends. Uh, hashtag boats and hoes. Let's play a game. All right. On the count of three. Name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. Good, Good housekeeping. housekeeping. If you were a chick, who's the one guy you would sleep with? John, John Samos. Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Well, first of all, I watch this movie about once every three months. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I think it is the flawless example of Stars Plus concept. It is the kind of movie that, to be fair, we should still be making more of, and I cannot figure out for the life of me why they don't, uh, because, frankly, streaming platforms don't seem as good at it. This is the kind of thing that studios like Warner Brothers used to, you know, Warner Brothers used to make their bones with. Um... I, it, it's perfect. I think it is the perfect comedy of that year. And, and that, that was a year that saw the release of Tropic Thunder, for example, yeah. and Role Models. Yeah. So it was a strong year strong for comedy. Year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just remember last time we spoke about um, Step Brothers, you played that exact same clip because... <laughs> I love it. It's classic. Yeah, it's a classic clip. So that's brilliant. Um, so that is Step Brothers. We're not going to dwell too much on it because we talked behind legs off the donkey with it um, before. That's on ITV4. Um, ITV4 at 10pm on Thursday. Now, seeing out your week, I have to say, is, is, is a film that I pretty much know every single line to this movie. Um, it's, it's, I surprised my husband when we watched it over Christmas because obviously this is a Christmas classic and I was able to um, basically uh, quote everything from it. But um, it is Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Francis Ford Coppola version starring Gary Oldman, Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, um, you know, Sadie Frost is even in it, 1992. Um, this for me is the ultimate retelling of the Dracula story. It's gothic, it's grand, it's captivating. The music, the score, everything about it just makes you feel like your, your hairs on the back of your arms are, are, are standing on end. It tingles um, and it's just utterly, utterly divine. Doctor, you must understand. I doubted everything, even my mind. I was impotent with fear. I know, but so. Uh... I know where the sleeps. I brought him there to Carfax Abbey. Vampires do exist. And this one we fight, this one we face, has the strength of 20 or more people 
And you can testify for that, Mr. Harker. Why would you choose that clip? Of all the clips, why would you choose that clip? Because I really wanted to hear Keanu Reeves' accent in this. That is so spectacular. To, I have buried him at Caltex Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> so John oh Reeves is, is, is the weak link. I get that, right? Oh, but... it's incredible. I just think it should be celebrated forever and oh. ever and ever. Every time I hear it, every time I forget that he's that bad in it, I just want to, every time I'm exposed to it then for the first time and I rediscover it all over again, I just want to take that moment wrap myself up in it like a big blanket and just fall asleep in that perfect moment can you just not ruin one of my favorite films for me by doing that (laughs) annoying um look again i'm gonna go through some of the stuff that i love like the costumes in this is amazing (laughs) stop stop laughing I, I, you know what? my focus is 110 percent on gary oldman in this because it is and he is phenomenal as both the young Vlad but also the old decrepit Draculia in this and it's just for me it it gave me an obsession about reading Dracula and and, and wanting to like this this visualizes everything that I imagine that story to be Mm. and that's it isn't it as well because I think that the the film is iconic in its own right I think it's it's certainly I think the most oft referred to take on Dracula outside of, for instance, the 1930s version of the Nosferatu, obviously Nosferatu, things like that. I I think it has a place among the more recognisable ones. And you look at the influence it had, like its imagery did appear in other things throughout the 90s as well. It did get referred back. I mean, The Simpsons did quite a memorable pastiche of it with Burns in place of uh, of Gary Oldman. Um, But again, it's it's also one of those roles that I think we so closely associate with Gary Oldman as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And and you know if you could just forgive the whole Keanu Reeves thing, I think it's a, it's a really strong performance from Winona Ryder as Mina Harker. Um, Harp, is it Harper or Harker? I can't remember. Harker. But, um, Harker. Um, and you know for me, like it's it, the grandeur of everything. It just is spine tingling. Look, I'm, mm. I could go on about how much I love this. You know what? I'm not going to bother. I'm just going to go and watch it. Again. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. And hope that Van in the future pulls out better clips than he did for that one. Because what a shame. Well, oh my lord. <laughs> On that note, we'll see you back here for some DVD, Blu-ray and streaming. Welcome back to Off Screen for one last ride. And that ride, we're going to take down the virtual DVD and Blu-ray aisle. Except we would, but there's nothing out this next week. <laughs> I'm reaching a, a complete void now of new releases. This was going to happen sooner or later, but thankfully, we can turn that uh, turn that ride around and, and just take it down the streaming highway instead. So, on on the uh, virtual superhighway, as we used to call it back in the early '90s, meaning the internet. Uh, what have we got on streaming this week, Miss Perfect? I believe oh, I thought of- I didn't realise this is coming out on Netflix, but Blinded by the Light is oh, such a fantastic film. Um, follows the story of um, Javed, who is a teenage Pakistani migrant living in England. He finds himself... living like Luton or somewhere? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's look, it's directed by Gurinder Chada, who brought us Bend It Like Beckham. So if you love that film, this has got a lot of the same feeling and... and um, you know, wonderful wealth to it within the way it's made. Um, but he, he, he finds himself completely and utterly drawn towards Bruce Springsteen's music. Um, and he he decides that he doesn't want to follow the traditional 
I suppose Asian family route in which to to grow up and 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 get a get a sensible job. And he just wants to pursue his poetry and writing. And this is like a musical linked in with you know with Bend It Like Beckham, and it kind of just works super brilliantly. What do you want? A show that plays only Bruce Springsteen. Huh? Nothing but Springsteen. <laughs> That's your idea. Bruce has a lot to say to students in this college. How will they know there's something better out there if they don't hear it? My job is to play music that the students will connect to. Yeah, that means bros. That means curiosity. And yes, that even means Debbie Gibson, but Springsteen. He's more what your dad listens to, not my dad. No, I'm, I'm with you, Bex. I really loved this movie. I thought it was a really warm, really charming coming of age, uh, you know, comedy, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, dramedy in that sort of way that I think most British comedies are at their heart, dra- in their hearts, dramedies anyway. Yes, there is the obvious debt owed to something like Bend It Like Beckham, and there is a sort of a returning to the well for several story elements in that for Gurinder Chada. But I will say, I thought it was so well done. The performances were so charming. I thought the film itself kind of drew me in and captivated me that much that even as someone who has no particular fandom whatsoever for Bruce mm. Springsteen, I thought the film was great. And it's worth noting that you could have swapped Springsteen out for literally anyone. Yeah. Just, you know, the film could just as, it's not really about that. It could just be about music in general. Yeah. It is yeah. about that that moment of awakening, isn't it? About yeah. that, that awakening of spirit, so to speak. And I think that we all need little, like sometimes we talk about lots of very serious movies, but we need a bit of uplift every now and again. And that's exactly what this movie gives to us. And if you don't find yourself toe tapping at the end of this by, by watching this movie, I don't, you'll have a heart, a heart of, I don't know rock <laughs> I'm like what is it um, so it's a lovely movie um, great performance from um, Vivek Kalra as Jav- Javid uh, Hayley Atwell's in that as well um, as is Rob Brydon and Dean Charles Chapman oh, yeah. is in that as well so a mm. great great cast but brilliantly and expertly brought to you by Gurinder Chada as well so uh, that is Blinded by the Light that is available um from Tuesday on Netflix. Um, Coming up next, we have Fatal also on Netflix. Yeah, so this is on Netflix. This is one of the uh, the three films that are coming out next Friday. So this is <clears throat> this is on Netflix, and this I've been really looking forward to. I'm not going to lie. And you know what? <clears throat> it didn't disappoint. So I'm going to say uh, up top, um, it's another one of those where you can say, "Yep, it's crap, but it's fun crap." It's a sexually charged psycho thriller starring Hilary Swank as the psychopath with bonus points for being a bent copper as well. And the mark is Michael Ealy. You know, the guy who only stars in movies like this. Yeah. It's it's exactly what you want it to be. It's complete piffle, but it's it's fun. You know, it's fun. It's Dion Taylor's making it, you know, who made uh, Black and Blue and... What was it? The Intruder? Remember The Intruder with Dennis Quaid as the psycho? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was Michael Ely as well. That was Michael Ely being tormented as well. Brilliant. But uh, <clears throat> there's just this there's just this legion of films now where Michael Ely just gets stalked and or threatened. It's, it's just like its own subgenre. But this one has Hilary Swank as a bent copper. And... It, it's a little bit more morally vacuous, I would say, than a lot of those films. But, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of, like, slow-mo sex scenes in, in very nicely neon-lit rooms. Oh, yeah. how 80s. Do you know what? It's exactly what you want it to be. If, you, if what I've described 
you know, is, is of any appeal to you whatsoever, you're not going to be disappointed. I'll be honest, I was up for it. I, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll do that for an hour and a half. It's like sexy psycho thriller with Hilary Swank. And you know what? I, it worked for me. Fair enough. Sold. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, what's worked for a lot of people, separate to to a sexy psycho thriller, is something very different. Um, it's, it's also available on Netflix as of next Friday as well. It's called Little um which i know you really enjoyed um this movie when it I came did. out originally yeah it's um is it kind of like freaky friday is it a bit uh, like no this this is more big it's like a reverse big uh, okay, effectively yeah. so this is adult becomes child rather than child becomes adult so the idea is that the ruthless tycoon who's you know been bullied when she was younger and sort of just then become really hard-edged has no emotional feeling towards people stays quite detached uh, is now a successful sort of dot-com tycoon wakes up having been cursed and is now in her own 13 year old body but still in the present day so has to rely on her uh, her assistant Issa Rae yeah. to effectively stand in her stead while she has to go back to and survive middle school She's played at that stage by Marci Martin from Blackish, and you might remember that her sexy teacher, who she had a bit of a thing for for one scene, and thankfully they didn't get too into that, um, was uh, Oliver Queens, the guy from This Is Us, oh, who played Justin Hartley. Justin Hartley from This Is Us. I've got a clip for you of, I think this is one of her freakouts when she's trying to negotiate how to, to work her way around the situation. I will agree to cover for you at the office if... You agree to promote me to creative exec. Well, look whose balls just dropped. I gotta take what I want. Isn't that what you said? Maybe. So, deal? Deal. Yes! You know, since I have to be you, I should probably dress the part and borrow some of your clothes. Your body can't fit into my clothes. This is squats. This is Pilates. That body looks like Baby Gap, Jimbari, Ashkash Bagash to me. <laughs> oh, you get on my nerves. This did quite well. Like it took double mm. the amount of its budget uh, uh, um, when it came out in the cinema. So it was, it was, it was, it did well. Um, and I heard a lot of people talking about it with with good sort of intentions around this. I haven't seen it. I will check this out because I've heard so much uh, good stuff about this. Um, great cast, as you mentioned, um, Regina Hall there as as Jordan Sanders as well. Uh, in that um, it's a Ray you mentioned, Marcy Martin, and then obviously Justin Hartley as well. Mm. Of which comedy is always going to have some sort of commercial appeal, <laughs> and it's always going to work for certain. You know, I'm not surprised that this did all right at the box office, and I, I'm pretty sure it's going to do well on Netflix as well. Well. It did. It, it did. It came out. There was a. I think there was a short run towards the end of 2019 of uh, female, female African American female driven comedies that did quite well in the mainstream. Well, we had What Men Want around the same yeah. time as well. And these were films that weren't ludicrously expensive, but they did prove really profitable. Um, which does lead us to the final film opening on uh, Friday the 19th, next Friday, uh, which 
I think I screened when it was getting a theatrical release, which was, I believe, at one point, August. I think I was given a link for August. And then it didn't happen. And is now going to Amazon Prime. This stars uh, Robert De Niro. It is called The War with Grandpa. And it's based on the popular children's book of the same name. The central uh, setup here involves Robert De Niro is the pensioner, the, the granddad who's uh, you know newly widowed, is, isn't capable of looking after himself entirely and moves into his daughter's family, his, his, you know, the home of his daughter and their family. And the idea here is that the, the room that he occupies has to forces his grandson to have to move into the attic where it's unpleasant, he doesn't like it, and they go to basically war via pranks. It becomes a prank war, complete with an actual declaration between grandfather and grandson. The idea being they each wind up dragging in their cronies as well and forming their own armies in the process. It's very um, Chris Columbus. Mm. Remember in the 90s when you'd get a Chris Columbus film? You'd get things like Baby's Day Out and you know things like that. When you used to get proper PG-rated, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day kind of thing. Yeah, and something or, uh, or fun to, size. That, yeah, that not movie that to, was in no way fun. Not to be mistaken. Sized. Not to be mistaken uh, when you're searching for this with Dirty Grandpa, which um, <laughs> is, um, I think also <laughs> that's it, isn't it? Because there's Bad Grandpa, Dirty Grandpa, and the War with Grandpa, and Bobby De Niro is in two of them. Two of those, yeah. So yeah. very different. <laughs> you don't want to sit yeah, down. This is. You don't want to sit down with the kids and then just put on Dirty Grandpa by accident. <laughs> I'd argue that this is probably the second most creatively successful of the uh, the aforementioned Grandpa trilogy, uh, with Dirty Grandpa ranking highest because it's nowhere near the travesty that The Good Doctor endlessly proclaims it is. And also, Aubrey Plaza is just dynamite in that film. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. Oh, so, well. Anyway, check out the war with Grandpa. If you've got kids, I think if you've got kids like say, uh, how old is Jaleel? Seven, six, seven. I feel like yeah. six, seven-year-old kids. Uh, you you this, would, you would have. They would enjoy this. I think it'd be a good you'd have as much fun. You'd experience. have as much fun sitting down and watching it as they would. Anyway, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's available on Amazon Prime right now. Next week we're going to go into more depth, talking about Fatal and also the movie Silk Road as well. So more offerings for you uh, next week. But that has been your seven day guide to everything movies. Don't forget that you guys can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Stereo app um, at five PM UK time, where we will take you through the top uh, big movie news of the day. Uh, you can find us by following us on Stereo at Van Connor and at Bex Perfect. But for for now, we'll leave you with this wonderful selection. I'd say definitely go and check out Whiplash when that comes out on Monday for you guys. Um, oh, sorry, Saturday for you guys. Um, and also Judas and the Black Messiah is very much worth your time as well. So for now, I've been Bex Perfect. I've been Van Connor and we shall return. Hey all, we hope you had a good time and don't forget for more good times, join us for our live sessions, our live after party on the Stereo app. Bex and I every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, only on the Stereo app at 5pm GMT. So 5pm UK time, I think that's uh, midday Eastern time in the US. And uh, yeah, join us, we're at Van Connor and at Bex Perfect. Join us on there 5pm GMT, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the off-screen live sessions. We're bringing you the day's biggest film news and our 
our thoughts and takeaways and our musings on the on the various goings on. <laughs>